Hello, and welcome to the Natural Christian Mamas podcast. We are so glad you're taking the time to listen in today. Our prayer is that this podcast will be an encouragement to you along your journey with Christ. As Natural Christian Mamas, we love Jesus. We embrace a natural lifestyle, and we are raising children to be world changers. We invite you to join our online community group on Facebook and to check out our resources on our website at www.naturalchristianmamas.org. Hey there, I am so excited for this teaching. So glad that you're here to just chat with me and learn a little bit more. So today we are going to dive right into the book of Hebrews. So go ahead and grab your Bible and pull up the book of Hebrews. We're going to read Hebrews chapter 10 verses 11 to 25. While you go ahead and pull that up, I just want to share some info about Hebrews. So Hebrews has no known author, but we know it's probably not Paul. Paul did write many books, but this just isn't similar to his other writings. This book is focused on an audience of Jewish Christians. As throughout the book, the author speaks a lot about the priesthood and about how Jesus is the high priest. This is language that, you know, those of Jewish heritage would understand. They were tempted to leave the Christian church and revert back to Jewish worship again. And so keeping that in mind, let's go ahead and read this passage. Hebrews 10, 11 to 25. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered For all time, one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart, with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, 
and all the more as you see the day approaching. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Today, I really just want to slow down and get into this verse and how it shapes our theology. So it would be beneficial to keep it, you know, accessible during, you know, as we're, as you're listening to this podcast. So if you can have the scripture up in front of you, so you can actually look at it as we go through it. Theology is something we're going to, you know, talk about a lot, right? And theology is just simply our belief about God, nice and simple. Oftentimes we have half truths, right? Based on our upbringings or tradition. And other times we blend the truth of the Bible into our personal feelings of what truth is. And so it's really important that we actually take a step back and we ensure that the things that we believe, we ensure that our theology is actually based on biblical principles, that we hold what's called a biblical world view. And I would love to do a whole podcast about that. And I just might eventually. So I'll keep you posted um, about that because I am who God has been talking to me about obedience and um, what it means to be a Christian while holding a biblical worldview. And anyway, again, whole nother podcast. It could be a book. (laughs) So let's go ahead and pray. Let's just start off in prayer as we dig into the word. Lord Jesus, open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you have for us today. Bless this time that we are spending in your word. Help us to get to know you better today. Amen. The author of the book of Hebrews spends the first 10 and a half chapters of this 13 chapter book emphasizing the superiority of Christ and the new covenant to Moses and the old covenant. So the discussion, he starts talking about, you know, like I said, the superiority of Christ and the new covenant to Moses and the old covenant, just so we're aware of kind of what precedes what we're reading, right? Because context is so important. You can't just pull a passage out or pull a scripture out and be like, okay, I understand. Um, and you know, change your life based on that. It has to be, the Bible is an entire book that has been given to us by God. And we need to look at the entire thing to truly understand Um, all the pieces, where all the pieces fit. The passage we read today is the culmination of, of that theology and what we ought to do in light of this information. In this chapter, the author contrasts the atonement work, right, which is payment for wrongdoing of the priests with the salvation work of Jesus. So the atonement work of the priests versus salvation work of Jesus And it's a beautiful picture. In verses 1 through 10, the author sets up the understanding that the Jewish law with its sacrifices and other requirements are a shadow of things to come. They show partial, obscured truth, right? That is not the real thing. Like when you see your shadow, right? It's one color and sometimes looks like you, but it can also be kind of wonky, right? Like think about like looking, being outside and looking at your shadow, like actually think about that picture that, and it's kind of wonky because of the way the sun is casting on your body, but your body is full of color and real in the same manner. The law is a shadow to Jesus and the new covenant, right? And covenant just means contract or agreement with God, right? So this new covenant that we now live under is, is, truth, right? And the law, the Old Testament, the Torah is just a shadow 
that points us to Jesus, that points us. It's, it's not all of it. So keep that in mind as we go through this, the rest of the passage. So verses 11 to 14. The priest stood day by day doing the same sacrifices, right? While Jesus offered one sacrifice and then sat down at the right hand of the father, they stood as Jesus sat, they toiled and worked, which Jesus finished it all in one go, right? There's this over and over and over and over, right? Nothing they did was enough. They could not offer enough sacrifices because their sacrificial, like the sacrifices they offered were literally just a shadow of what Jesus was going to do, a foretelling of what Jesus was going to do. And just a side note, Jewish law required the people to offer, offer sacrifices on a reoccurring basis, right? Burnt offerings were linked to forgiveness of sins. Peace offerings had various purposes. Sin offerings had to do with purification, like cleansing after childbirth or dedication of priests. There were other types of offerings as well, but none of these or any other sacrifice or offering would or could take away sins. The sacrifices were really important as they served as a shadow. They reminded Israelites of their sin. They allowed them to be obedient and they helped the Israelites have a proper heart and want to repent. They served a purpose, a valuable purpose for a time, for their time. The text today reminds us that Christ came and offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Right? That sacrifice was him dying on the cross for us. The fancy theology term for this is substitutionary atonement, which really just means that Jesus died and paid the price in our place. He died so we don't have to. Romans says that the wages of sin is death. Jesus took our place. This is a free gift, but it requires us to acknowledge our sin and our need for Christ. We have to repent, which, you know, is to seek forgiveness and to change our ways. And then we need to accept what he did for us. Now, a lot of this might be basic, but I think there is so much value in remembering and understanding clearly the basics of our Christian beliefs. Because again, it is so easy for the world to seep into our beliefs. It's so easy for our feelings to kind of shift how we believe. And I think it's just very, it's just really important to go back and make sure that the foundation, you, you want a firm foundation, right? Like if you're building a house, you need to make sure the foundation's good. And it's sometimes it's important for us to go inspect our foundation of our religious beliefs, of our belief in Christ, of our theology. So we ensure that as we continue to live in and build the house of faith that we are in, that it is solid. It is on solid ground. Going back to the verse or the passage, verses 15 to 18. So in comes the Holy Spirit. We see in this passage the entire Trinity, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit at work. It's beautiful. The Holy Spirit testifies to us or bears witness to the truth. The truth here is that we are given a promise of forgiveness and redemption. Redemption is the act of being saved from sin. God's laws will be integrated into our very being and our lives should reflect our devotion to God. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Since there is religious, sorry, since there is forgiveness of sin, 
and God will remember our sins no more because of what Jesus did, then there's no more need for animal sacrifice. That's done. There's, it's no longer necessary under the new covenant. And this is huge for the Jewish Christians to hear as it was so vital to their walk with God. Only Jesus can save us, not our works, not our sacrifices, only him, only Jesus. Isaiah 118 says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Praise God. Praise God for this. God doesn't ignore sin, nor can we just keep sinning since Jesus redeemed us, right? And that's, Paul talks about that too. Well, sorry, this isn't Paul, but Paul talks about that in one of the other um, epistles as well. God doesn't ignore sin and we can't keep walking in sin since Jesus redeemed us. Accepting Jesus allows for God to transform our lives and our hearts and all people, all people have access to this opportunity. And we need to really remember that. And it's, it's also part of our job that now we know Jesus and we love Jesus for us to join him on the great commission, which is to go and tell others about him and about the truth. Verses 19 to 25. So the foundation has been laid. The argument from the author has been made. Now the author of Hebrews tells us what to do with this information, okay? He sets the foundation, which we've talked about. And now what? Now what? Okay? Because of what Jesus did, we can have confidence to enter the most holy place, right? That the blood of Jesus authorizes us to enter all right, to enter the very presence of God, okay? That doesn't sound too profound, but let me tell you, it's huge. For Jewish Christians, they would have instantly, boom, in a moment, understood the reference to the most holy place. Now, as 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 Christians today, we might not understand because we don't, like, we, we are so far from our Jewish roots. And I think that's to our detriment um, because I think we could, totally understand things. And I'm not a Judaizer or anything like that, of course, but I think there is value in understanding our Jewish roots. There's value in understanding the Jewish festivals because Jesus walked through that. That was his faith. And he brought us to something more. Again, that faith was a shadow of something more. And so for the Jewish Christians, like I said, they would instantly understand this reference to the most holy place as the most inner chamber of the temple in which God dwelt. And this is Old Testament, right? It was in this place that only the high priest was allowed to enter. And only once a year on the day of atonement, instant death was guaranteed for anyone else or any other day. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys know, but it's really, it's, I mean, they used to tie a string with bells on it to the high priest if he entered the most holy place because they were scared that he would die. And if he died, if the bells stopped ringing, they'd pull out the rope and pull his dead body out. Okay. This was serious. This is where God's spirit dwelt because in the old Testament, it wasn't like it is now. Jesus, Jesus did something incredible. And as Christians, it almost has become commonplace what Jesus has done. And so I want to make sure that we don't lose this incredible thing that Jesus did for us. 
Jesus's sacrifice on the cross created a new entry through his body that authorizes all believers to enter the very presence of God. And this is huge, right? We can be in God's presence, period. In the Old Testament, right? Like I said, um, God's presence was in the most holy place. So God's presence showed up as a cloud or pillar of fire and in other ways, but eventually came to rest in the most holy place. The prophet Joel foretold that the presence of God would be poured out on all people. Jesus came in the presence of God in physical form. Once, sorry, then once Jesus left the earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to live in the world and be available for every believer. We have access to the presence of God in our daily lives. Like this is something the Old Testament church could only, I mean, could only dream of. And sometimes we take it for granted. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says, you are a fellow, you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Just man, the spirit of God now can dwell in us and the church, meaning the people of God. So the church is now the house of God, right? Spoken of in verse 21 from the, the passage. And Jesus is our high priest. We now have access fully to God and we need to take full advantage of it and live our lives accordingly. We are to draw near to God with a sincere heart, one that is genuine and true and can only come from the Father. He cleanses us from all wickedness so we can serve and love him, so we can serve and love God only. Ezekiel 36, 26 says it this way, I will give you a new heart. Praise God. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. We see in verse 22 where it says we should have our bodies washed with pure water. This is likely a reference to baptism, which is an important part of a Christian's walk. Verse 23 encourages us to hold fast the hope that we profess in Jesus. He is faithful. We are to stay committed to him and our hope is in him alone. We can have this hope because we can have a consistent confidence in the salvation Jesus brings through his faithful life, death, and resurrection. Our hope rests in what Jesus did and what he said he will do in the future. Finally, the passage tells us to encourage each other toward love and good deeds and to not give up meeting together. In other words, connect with other Christians and be the church and be a part of a church gathering. Corporate worship is to be a regular part of a believer's life. There is so much value in doing life together and being there for each other in good times and in bad. And you know what? Maybe a traditional church isn't for you and that's okay. And that's why God has created different churches and different things and called people different things. Maybe you're looking for a house church. Maybe God is calling you to something different and, and that's okay. Lean into that 
and hear what he has to tell you. If you're not connected to a church, I encourage you to find one. I highly, highly suggest that you find one, a biblically based, based church that is going to help you grow in your relationship with God. The passage from today encourages us to do all of these things, especially as we keep in mind that the day of the Lord is approaching, right? This is the day that Jesus will return to free his people and condemn evil once and for all. Those who are in Christ will be saved and inherit the kingdom prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Lord, for this reminder today. Help us to learn from your word and help us to put it into practice, Lord. Help us to continue to cultivate a heart of flesh inside of us. Help us, Lord, to, to connect with Christian community. Help us to see the value in our Christian brothers and sisters. And help us to use our giftings and our, our time and our talents, Lord, just to further your kingdom. Lord, it starts in our house and, it, and then it goes beyond. So help us to be good stewards of, of our home and of our children and of our marriage. Help us to use these things to glorify you. Lord God, help us to grow closer to you. The whole world can fall away, Lord, as long as we have you. Help us, Jesus, to set our eyes upon you, to set our hearts upon you, and to help us every single day go into your word with eager expectation that you will show up, that you will show us something new, and that we will learn more about you. We love you, Jesus. We love you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that this was a blessing to you and that the Lord would just use this podcast to really help you grow. Um, our desire is for you to grow in your walk with Jesus. And so thank you so much for joining me. Again, this is Jackie and yeah, I just hope you have a great day. Um, you can connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, um, through the Natural Christian Mamas community group. Um, yeah, we are there and we can't wait to, to get to know you more and learn more about you and your family and how we can help you grow in your walk with Jesus. Have a great day.